Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, this is your host, Andre Cherry, and you are listening to the Cherry Picking Podcast, which is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. And on today's episode, I'll recap week two action and then preview the week ahead. So for my top five locks within the Power Five conferences, I went 5-0 and this week, which brings my total to 10-0 and overall, 100% accurate for through the first two weeks of the season. So in ACC, I had NC State over Western Carolina. NC State got the win pretty easily, 41 to nothing against Western Carolina. In this game, the Wolfpack had over 300 yards of total rushing in the game. So that's outstanding. The defense also collected a fumble recovery and had three sacks. So NC State rolls on. They're 2-0. Granted, they haven't played tough opponents quite yet, but this week in week three, they get a matchup against West Virginia. West Virginia is down this season, and so I'm expecting the NC State to get a, a victory in that matchup as well. So 3-0 and start potentially for NC State, which is awesome. You know, you want to go undefeated to start the season as you're heading into conference play. So I'm really excited about what NC State has done thus far, and I'm definitely looking forward to the remaining weeks in the college football season. If we look at the Big Ten, I had Penn State over Buffalo. Penn State won 45-13, and honestly, it was a slow start for the Penn State offense as the Buffalo Bulls held on to a 10-7 lead after the first half. But in the second half, Penn State, they scored 28 points in the third quarter. Sean Clifford went 16 for 22, throwing for 279 yards with four touchdowns. So he looked really impressive in the second half of that matchup. It is a little concerning that the Penn State defense allowed 429 yards of total offense from the Buffalo Bulls. Buffalo won the time of possession battle 42 minutes and 32 seconds to Penn State 17 minutes and 28 seconds. You know, that gives a little bit better picture as to why there were so many yards racked up from the Buffalo Bulls offense. It's because they had the ball for close to 43 minutes of this game. So as a team, Buffalo outrushed Penn State 184 yards to 78. The Bulls had two turnovers in this game, though, which in a game as close as this one was in the first half. If you're giving up the ball two times, that's not good. That does not help your chances of success against the Big Ten opponent. So great win for Penn State. A little slow start in this matchup, but Penn State rolls on and advances to Week 3 action with a 2-0 record. So again, that's a great start. Anytime you're starting the season off undefeated, before you get into conference play, you're giving your team a confidence boost. So great win for Penn State. And then in the Big 12, I had Oklahoma State over McNeese. The Cowboys blew out McNeese by a score of 56-14. All three Oklahoma State quarterbacks saw action in this game. And quarterbacks Spencer Sanders and Drew Brown threw for close to 400 yards and five total touchdowns. Oklahoma State's receiver Tylen Wallace, he caught five balls for 180 yards and three touchdowns. So he had a monster performance in this game. And on defense, Oklahoma State had two interceptions and cornerback A.J. Green took one of those picks back 27 yards for a defensive touchdown for Oklahoma State. So great win for Oklahoma State. Pretty easy victory over McNeese. And in the Pac-12, I had Utah over NIU. And NIU stuck around in this game. Hats off to the Huskies for sticking around in much of this ball game on the road at Utah, an opponent that is ranked nationally within the AP. And I'm expecting great things from Utah this season from the Pac-12. And NIU came in there from the MAC conference and hung around with Utah. 
The score, you know, isn't indicative of that. It was 35 to 17 victory for the Utes, but NIU outpassed Utah. But the difference in this game were the rushing yards, which tipped in favor of Utah. The Utes were able to control the game and sustain drives by outrushing NIU 193 yards to 67. Utes running back Zach Moss also had two touchdowns in this game, so he had another great performance this week. But NIU is a program that I have a lot of respect for. Out of the MAC Conference, I grew up in Illinois, and NIU was a team that I followed very closely. In the state of Illinois, NIU is probably one of the best programs in the state. If you're looking at Northwestern and Illinois, NIU has been a really consistent program for over a decade now. And I'm expecting good things from NIU this season. Uh, Thomas Hammock is a new head coach at NIU, former running back back in the Joe Novak days. So um, I'm really excited to see what this program can do. And again, hats off to NIU for sticking around for much of this game. And then in the SEC, I had LSU over Texas. LSU got the victory 45 to 38. And this was the first matchup between these two schools in the regular season since 1954. It's not often that we get a a game like this where these two teams who are ranked really highly face off their non-conference opponents and they faced off in week two of the season. That's a big time game that we usually don't get an opportunity to see unless we're talking at the end of the year at a bowl game. So hats off to both these programs for scheduling this game. And I think LSU has catapulted itself up in the rankings when the AP poll is is going to be released. But uh, LSU, great job in this matchup. These two schools combined for over 1,100 yards of total offense. Both quarterbacks played very well. LSU's Joe Burrow went 31 for 39 with 470 yards through the air and four touchdowns. Three different LSU targets caught the ball for over 120 yards. So they had a monster game uh, receiving for LSU. Now, by comparison, Sam Ellinger, the quarterback for Texas, he went 31 for 47, throwing for 401 yards and four touchdowns. And the defenses had nine total sacks in this game. So the defenses were getting after it, even though they allowed tons of yardage, um, respectively. You know, the defense was busy. They had nine total sacks in the game. And Texas's defense also picked off Joe Burrow once. So it was a really fun game to watch. It was really exciting way to kind of cap off week two action. And uh, I get the victory with a very solid win for LSU on the road at Texas. And I think Texas will play well you know, this season as well. They definitely will rival Oklahoma. But I think a lot of people are optimistic about what Texas could do this season. Despite this loss against LSU, Texas looks like they've got the tools to be successful out of the Big 12. So we will definitely be hearing from Texas again. I guarantee you that. So those were my week two locks for the Power 5 conferences. I went 5-0. and Overall, I'm 10-0. and And this week, I want to present to you my week three locks within the Power 5 conferences. In the ACC, I'm taking Boston College over Kansas, and honestly, I'm expecting Boston College to just roll through Kansas. I thought it was fun to have Les Miles as the head coach at you know prior to the season. I think that's a good spark of enthusiasm for a Kansas program that has been really irrelevant for as long as I can remember. I mean, it's been a while since they've been relevant. So I thought, you know, nice hire to have Les Miles there. Certainly, it will take some time 
to get this team to the levels at which they'll be competitive within the Big 12. I mean, that could take a while. I think it's also good that Puka Williams is back in the uh, rotation for Kansas. He was out due to some domestic issues prior to this season. But I think BC will roll Kansas very easily in this game. And so, um, and I say that because Kansas lost to Coastal Carolina in week two. So it's certainly not, not good. They definitely didn't have a shot in this game despite that loss, but they've got no chance against BC this week. So that's my lock in the ACC. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Ohio State over Indiana. Ohio State's looked really well these first two weeks. I'm expecting them to roll over Indiana. In the Big 12, I'm taking Oklahoma over UCLA. Jalen Hurts has looked really impressive these first two weeks as the Oklahoma starter. UCLA has looked really bad. And I thought that they would have won against San Diego State last week, but they didn't get the win. And honestly, Chip Kelly's seat has got to be getting real hot over there in uh, in L.A. And so I, I don't know if he survives this season. And I'm, I'm really, really worried for UCLA. I mean, I didn't expect them to play very well in the Pac-12 this season. I, I think they're going to be at the bottom of that, that conference. But starting out... 0-2, losing to San Diego State. You lost to Cincinnati in Week 1. That's certainly not a good look for Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins. So I'm taking Oklahoma in the Big 12. In the Pac-12, I'm taking USC over BYU. And I'm really impressed with what USC has been able to do. JT Daniels went down in Week 1. In step this, this freshman in Week 2. They got the win against Stanford. And so Clay Helton's seat is cooling off a little bit. They're 2-0 this season. And I'm really excited to see what they can do. It's a a new look offense with JT Daniels being out, but they may be okay. And if they can get a win against BYU in week three, that seat will get even cooler. And then in the SEC, I'm taking Florida over Kentucky. Now, this is a rematch game from last season where Kentucky had ended its 31-year losing streak to the Florida Gators with a 27-16 victory in Gainesville. And I know Kentucky looks different. They don't have running back sensation, Benny Snell. The team last year rushed for over 300 yards, I believe, if my stats are correct. And so, you know, I don't expect them to have the same type of success this season against the Gators. I think Florida will be really hungry and and ready for this matchup against Kentucky. But I just find it crazy that the last time Kentucky had won prior to last season, I had been a newborn. I was one years old, which is crazy. That Florida had this reign of dominance over Kentucky for so long, for over three decades. That's insane. Um, I, you know, I don't think that Kentucky will get the win this year, but I would, I would love to see a ball game. I mean, at least make it competitive. But I think Florida will handle Kentucky, and so those are my top five locks for Week Three action. I'll run through them one more time. In the ACC, I'm taking Boston College over Kansas. In the Big Ten, Ohio State over Indiana. In the Big 12, I'm taking Oklahoma over UCLA. In the Pac-12, I'm taking USC over BYU. And then in the SEC, Florida over Kentucky. So I'm hoping to go 5-0 this week to bring my overall total to 15-0. And that's one hell of a way to start the season, a great way to start the season, undefeated with my top five locks. Now I want to recap some games from week two. Army versus Michigan was one hell of a game. It was very close. Went to overtime. Army had a chance to win this game, and Michigan didn't look good. They honestly did not look good, and that just makes me feel more confident that this conference, the Big Ten Conference, still runs through Columbus, Ohio. Until I've seen otherwise from Michigan or even Michigan State, 
I'm not confident that those teams will be able to beat Ohio State. And Army and Oklahoma last season, that was one hell of a game as well. That went to overtime, several overtimes. And Army had a chance to to upset Oklahoma last year. And they almost did it. They got a lot of respect from the Oklahoma Sooners. They got a lot of respect out of the college football world. And this week against Michigan, they certainly had a chance. I mean, this is a team that won 10 wins last season. They are capable. They have a really great head coach at Army. But I was a little nervous last week when they won against Rice by a score of 14-7. to I really wasn't feeling that confident that they'd be able to go into the big house and get a victory against Michigan. But boy, was I wrong. I mean, they almost pulled it off at the big house. And that would have been a really tough loss for Michigan. Now, granted, you get the win, and that's really all that matters at the end of the season, wins and losses, but I don't feel confident that Michigan is for real. I really don't. And then there was the Texas A&M versus Clemson matchup, and Clemson gets the pretty easy victory over Texas A&M by a score of 24 to 10. Clemson just continues to roll on. They pick up steam. This is a program that is used to winning now. I believe Clemson has the longest win streak at 17 games now. So Clemson is just going to keep picking up steam. And then they play in the ACC. And honestly, I think it's going to be down this year. I don't have much confidence that they will there will be very many good teams in the ACC this season. I'm optimistic about NC State. You know, that's a team that I really love. I grew up loving. My father went there. But outside of Clemson, uh, and I guess UNC now, who is 2-0, Wake Forest is 2-0, and Virginia obviously will be good. But I don't see Clemson losing. If I look at the schedule on paper, Clemson looks Gucci. Like They are not going to lose this season. It definitely won't be by Syracuse because they got destroyed this weekend. They got embarrassed. But I just don't see Clemson slipping at all this, this season. I think Texas A&M was the program that could have done that potentially. But outside of, of this game, that would have been their only loss of the season. But Clemson holds on. And, and Texas A&M, they have a tough schedule this season. They probably have the toughest schedule. You know, I hope they can regroup here. I heard Kellen Mond was taking a lot of, a lot of hits in this game. Kellen Mond went 24 for 42. He had 236 yards thrown through the air with one touchdown and one interception. His QBR rating was 23.8, so he didn't have a, a great performance in that game. But I hope they can regroup and put it together and be competitive within the SEC this season because they're going to have a long season here. And then the game that I was really, really, really glued in on was the Nebraska versus Colorado matchup. I'm really excited for Mel Tucker. He's get, He got his shot to be a head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado, they beat Nebraska last season, but then towards the second half of the season, they imploded. But now this season, they, the program has a new head coach in Mel Tucker. This guy has got a lot of great experience. He's learned from some of the best college coaches in the game. And so I was excited to see what they could do against upstart Nebraska. Scott Frost's second season at Nebraska and his team was looking for its first road victory under Scott Frost. And they didn't get it in this matchup against Colorado. And and honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't get the victory because they were blowing out Colorado. I think in the first half, it was like 17 nothing, And I had turned away. I had done other things that my family had, and I had gone and ran some errands. And when I got back home, I came back to see Tony Brown's amazing reception in the end zone to tie the game. 
and eventually send the Buffaloes and Cornhuskers to overtime, in which Colorado wins with a three-point victory in an overtime, and Nebraska, like I said, they were up 17 to nothing going into the third quarter, and then Colorado scored 24 points in the fourth quarter, so the defense really imploded for Nebraska to allow that many points um, and, you know, and lose the game eventually, but I, I was not sold on Nebraska. I know a lot of people are high on them because they play a really great schedule, but Nebraska didn't win very many games last season. To be exact, they only won four games. So they lost eight games last season. They haven't won on the road yet. And you're telling me coming into this season, many folks are high on Nebraska and they think that they're going to somehow win the Big Ten West. Yeah, sure. On paper, they play a very easy schedule, but this team has not shown an ability to win yet. I wasn't sold on it coming into this season, and I said it last week. If you don't believe me, listen to what I said last week. And then we have Nebraska versus Colorado. This is an old school matchup of old Big 12 rivals. And honestly, I'm not sold on Nebraska yet. I'm, I'm not sold on them, despite the fact that they're ranked in the AP poll. And a lot of people believe that Nebraska has an easy schedule and, they, and that they can run the tables in the Big 10 West. I still need to see it. Like, I need to see it. On paper, it looks nice, sure. But Nebraska lost a whole bunch of games last year, and I'm not confident that they can just turn it all together and turn it on in year two of Scott Frost's tenure as head coach at Nebraska. So I think this will be a a pretty good challenge for Nebraska, honestly. They lost to Colorado last year by a score of 33-28 to at Lincoln. And so now the Cornhuskers have to go on the road to Colorado. And Colorado is a new new look Colorado team this year, new head coach. But if Nebraska is going to win the Big Big Ten West this season, they're going to need to beat Colorado, a team out of the Pac-12 that honestly isn't expected to do much this season. I expect this team to be at the bottom of the Pac-12 this season. So if Nebraska is supposed to be a, a powerhouse out of the Big Ten West this year, They're going to need to beat this Pac-12 opponent who is expected to be in the basement of the conference. So this is a big test for Nebraska. So with the loss, Nebraska is now 1-1 on the the season. This week, they get a matchup against NIU, which honestly has upset potential in the makings. Don't sleep on NIU, I'm telling you, because if you do, you're going to end up 1-2. That's all I'm saying. And then we had LSU te- versus Texas. This was my lock out of week two action out of the SEC. I picked LSU. This was a phenomenal game. I said everything that I wanted to say earlier on this podcast. I think LSU certainly is my favorite to go into the college football playoffs out of the SEC this season. I think Texas, despite the loss, looks like they could be a tough draw out of the Big 12. And so really look forward to seeing what Texas can do against Oklahoma and seeing where Texas lands up at the end of the season. And then another game that I was actually watching from the beginning uh, to the end was the Maryland versus Syracuse matchup. And this was a game that I predicted Maryland would have some success in. Syracuse, I don't believe them. I I don't think they're a, a real team. And listen to what I said last week. Honestly, I'm not sold on Syracuse yet this season either. I know they had a great season last year, but the three seasons prior to that, they had four win seasons. So I, I know it, you know, one season looked nice. 
They they upset Clemson before in the past. They held Clemson really close last year. But I just I don't think this team is real. And that might just be myself thinking that, but I think this game against Maryland could be upset potential. It it has an upset potential in the making. Syracuse will have to go on the road to Maryland for this matchup against the Terrapins, but I'm really interested to see what will happen out of this game. Maryland had their way with Syracuse all day long. Maryland put up 650 total yards of offense in this matchup, 296 yards passing, with 354 yards rushing. Folks, the Maryland Terrapins outrushed the Syracuse Orange 354 yards to 70. That is, that's something you do to an FCS opponent. But you're doing this to number 21 ranked Syracuse? That's unheard of. And this is a program in Maryland that has had some turmoil. Last season, Jordan McNair passed away prior to the start of the season their head coach ultimately gets fired at the end of the season so a lot of turmoil but they pull it together for the new head coach this is a program that i think will be a dark horse out of the big 10 this year i mean they're playing for the memory of jordan mcnair and so they're motivated and they were motivated in this matchup against syracuse this was embarrassing this was a bad loss for syracuse and i don't know if they were overlooking maryland to next week against Clemson, which is stupid. They shouldn't have done that if they were, but Maryland had their way with the Syracuse Orangemen, and it was not pretty. So if we look ahead to week three action, games that I'm really excited for this weekend, Maryland versus Temple. Temple's in my backyard, and this game will be in Philly, and it's a rematch from last season where Temple came into College Park and got the victory. Anthony Russo got the start for Temple. He's the quarterback for the uh, Owls at Temple. And Maryland thus far has outscored its opponents 142 points to 20. They scored 79 points for their teammate Jordan McNair, who died last year from heat stroke. They did that in the first game of the season against Howard. I'm really excited for this Maryland versus Temple matchup because I'm excited to see how these two quarterbacks do. So Temple's quarterback, Anthony Russo, he had a solid performance in week one. Josh Jackson, he's played very well these first two weeks. So I think it'll be a quarterback a duel, uh, honestly. And I'm excited to see how it unfolds and plays out. And then we have UNC versus Wake Forest is another game that I'll be keeping close eye on. UNC, somehow, some way, they're 2-0 right now. Same with Wake Forest, they're 2-0. And UNC is currently tied with Virginia for first place in the Coastal. Now granted, it's the early in the season, week two action, but they already have a victory in the ACC against Miami. And I thought that Miami would win that game, but... Mac Brown beats his former assistant, and they're now 2-0. So Mac Brown is dancing somewhere, in a locker room somewhere. Mac Brown is dancing and juking. And this would be a great victory for UNC if they can get it against Wake Forest and be 2-0 in the conference to start the season. And, you know, I apologize because initially I thought that that hire of Mac Brown was uh, pretty questionable. You know, Mac Brown has been out of the game for quite some time. He'd been a, an analyst with ESPN for several years. So I thought maybe there'd be a little rust there that maybe uh, he lost that, that coaching ability, that coaching touch. But his team has, has done it. They're 2-0, and and that's a great way to start the season. UNC is one of three teams with two Power 5 victories to start the season. The other teams are Clemson and Hawaii. 
So it's a pretty good company. Hawaii's been balling out so far this season. So I'm not saying UNC will have a, a great season. Uh, you know, it could turn after the first two weeks. But to start 2-0, and I mean, there's no better way to start the season than to be undefeated. And then Stanford versus UCF. These are two solid programs. UCF has been dominant in the AAC for several seasons. I think they still have a win streak, uh, regular season win streak going on right now. So I'm excited to see what Stanford and UCF can do in this matchup. See if Stanford can rebound from that that loss last week against USC. So that'll be a game I'll be glued in on. And then I just want to call out a couple games that have upset potential in the making. I said it earlier. I think NIU versus Nebraska could be one of those games. And then also Hawaii versus Washington. So it should be an exciting weekend of college football. Week two was awesome. It had everything that you'd you'd want if you're a college football fan. I think week three also has great potential as well. And I'm really excited to get into it and to uh, watch football all day long on Saturday. And before I get out of here, I just want to take a look at my playoff tracker. And my playoff tracker consists of teams who I thought during the preseason would eventually end up in the college football playoffs at the postseason. So the four teams that I have predicted to make it to the playoffs this season, we have LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Utah. So all four of those teams won in week two action. I talked about them a little bit on this podcast. For week three, LSU plays Northwestern State, so that should be a victory there. Clemson in week three travels to Syracuse, New York. I think ABC wanted to have that be a potential college game day location. They were trying to hype it up a little bit this past weekend. That will absolutely be a game that I will not be watching. I do not care about Syracuse. And then Oklahoma in week three, they travel to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA. They will destroy UCLA in week three. And then Utah, they are playing against Idaho State this weekend. So I think these four teams will win this weekend and then we'll move on to week four action. And I'll recap my playoff tracker for you guys on my next episode. But this was an exciting weekend of college football. And I'm thankful that you guys have continued to download my podcast and follow along with me as we watch college football unfold this season. And I really quick just want to give a shout out to my listeners in France, Germany, the UK and Venezuela. I appreciate you guys, the listeners that I have out of country listening to this podcast because you've been following along with me for the entire run of the Cherry Picking Podcast. So I just want to call that out. Thank you guys. And I I love all my listeners and all my followers. I I appreciate the support. You can find my content at cherrypickingsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at cherry underscore picking and you can subscribe to my show and you can find it in many places where you download podcasts at apple podcast radio.com stitcher uh spotify i'm i'm out there so thank you guys for listening to my show i can't wait to get into week three action and, and recap with you guys next week and i hope you guys enjoy college football this is amazing start to the season already this lsu versus texas game was amazing and i'm excited to see what the season has in store for us all it should be a, a hell of a season so thank you guys for listening hope you guys have a good one talk to you soon take care thank you again for tuning into my cherry picking podcast if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on apple Podcasts. all of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com and if you are looking to interact with me via social media my twitter handle is at cherry underscore picking. That's P-I-C-K-I.
I add. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.